Hey, Selfish Babe, if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, I recommend trying Anchor by Spotify. It's the platform I love for podcasting. I really love it because some days you just want to get out what you want to say easily, and the Anchor app allows you to record your podcast right from your phone. One of my favorite things I love about Anchor is that you can add background music to each episode and cut audio quickly to add in advertisements. Anchor will distribute your podcast to all the major platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. Anchor is free. To get started, go to anchor.fm to start your podcast today. Maybe one day you'll be making millions from your podcast. Hey love, welcome to the Selfish Bay Podcast, aka Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike O.C. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. The Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast is sponsored by my company, Goddess Detox. Goddess Detox is a holistic wellness company dedicated to providing women with self-love inspired products to physically, spiritually, and emotionally detox. If you are a woman wanting to detox her ex, detox negative emotions, as well as to get more in tune with yourself and your vagina, check out our Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls, as well as our Queen's Theme and Queen's Throne Combo, which is the in-home vaginal steam set for your convenience. You can find out more information on our products at goddessdetox.org, as well as follow at goddessdetox on Instagram. Tell them Olenike OC sent you. Maybe if I go ahead and feel the entire process, I won't end up in this predicament again. Let me wake up from this dream. Like That's literally how I felt. Hey, beautiful selfish babes. It's your girl, Olenike Osi here, bringing you another Selfish Talk podcast. And on today's podcast, we are talking about abortion and self-love. I've been wanting to do this episode for a while. And um, it wasn't until Dernika had hit me up on my cell phone was like, hey, um, you know, are you going to do the abortion episode? Do you have enough people? And I was like, we're, you know, on the train to go. So thank you for hitting me up about that. And so I have these beautiful ladies with me to talk about the different perspectives on their personal stories of abortion, as well as Miss Valadia telling us about the indigenous herbs that I think we should talk about in terms of going back into traditional medicine, what did our ancestors use when it came to abortion, right? Because um, that has changed over time. And so if you are watching on YouTube and if you are listening and you're not on YouTube, definitely look at my YouTube channel, Olenike Osi, that is O-L-A-N-I-K-E-E-O-S-I. And I'm just um, very blessed and very grateful uh, to be able to bring this episode to you all. Before like we get into anything, Anything said, like, is our personal stories. I'm not telling you to go and do anything. The herbs mentioned, you know, talk to your doctors if you want to do that. Anything you do is at your own personal risk. None of this is FDA approved. I am not a doctor, okay? So I just want y'all to know that, like, 
Don't like take whatever we say and go wrong with it and you know go try to home. I'm just giving you the information because I think it's necessary that we talk about abortion. I think it's necessary to speak about it in a way that's unshameful because a lot of the times abortion is not really talked about and it's very shameful, a lot of shameful energy. And what I really want this episode to show is that we can release the shame and that we choose ourselves and we choose our bodies and we each have our own personal stories. Whether or not you agree with abortion, I think it's good to know different perspectives. And there's so many women that have had abortions and so it's just like, well, why isn't it talked about more? And I think with the different laws being passed, more people are talking about it, which I think is a good thing. But I also wanted to bring in the indigenous practices. Like, what were indigenous people doing if they did not want to have their pregnancy? What was happening? What herbs were we taking? That's what I want to talk about as well. So, I just want to make sure I said that before. <laughs> that's the disclaimer of this episode. Like, that's what it is. Please, you know, rewind it. If you didn't take it in, rewind it again. Like, this is what I said. All right. <laughs> Sam, what I said. I said what I said. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've never been against abortion. I don't think, I didn't really have any, like, like, oh, my God, no, never an abortion. But it never crossed my mind. But I did know that for me, I'm currently 27 years old. I knew for me that when I want to have a child, I want to have a child good and motherfucking ready. Like, good and ready. I don't. I didn't want to be a bitter mom. I didn't want to be like, okay, I'm pregnant. All right, um, we just going to have to make do. Like, I didn't want that. And I know there's a lot of women's stories where it's like that. And they've, since they've had their kids, they've had such amazing love and experiences. And I think that's wonderful. But I know myself. And I just didn't want that to be the case. There's a lot of things that I want to establish before I bring another life into this world. Because when I do bring a life into this world, I want to make sure that they are secure. I want to make sure there's wealth there. That's what I want. For me, growing up, I grew up in a single-family household with just my mom, my brother, and that was it. My dad had passed away when I was a baby, and me and my brother have different dads, but it's just like, you know, even when I see, you know, single mothers out there, I'm just like, kudos to y'all because y'all are fucking doing it. And it's just like, I would rather not do that. You know what I'm trying to say? So, and not in a bad way, but just I know I would rather not do that. If there's a way that I can create a life of joy and of peace and then get into that stage of motherhood where I have somewhat prepared myself, because I know you can never be fully prepared and that's okay, but when I'm ready for that, then I'm like, okay, let's do that. So, for me, like, having a child, like, I was like, mm. first it was like later 20s. My mom had me when she was 28. And I, I think when I was growing up, I was like, oh, 28. Like, oh, wow, she had me in her late 20s. She was like doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking 27. <laughs> and I'm looking at these babies like, what? I don't want y'all right now. Like at all. Like I have no desire at all. And so I'm just like, well, maybe mid-30s. You know, maybe that's when I have, you know, kids. And I've seen other women have kids in their 30s. My aunt has even had my cousin... I think in her, like, 50s, right? And it's just like, that's amazing to me, right? And so it's just like, I feel like society tells us as women, your clock is motherfucking ticking, like, tick, 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 when y'all gonna have kids? And I get that, but I think it's also possible for women to have kids at a later time in their life, and I think that's their choice. And so for me, I've known later in life, uh, that's when I ideally want to have kids. So I'm gonna start with my personal story. So... I was 20, I was graduating. Okay, so I was graduating undergrad, and um, I was in my last semester. I was in my last semester of undergrad, and at that time, many of you do know I was married before, so I was married. And at that time, I was married to my ex, 
and um, we had always used the pull out method. Okay, so had sex, pull out, come. That was our method. It always worked. <laughs> it always worked. And then at one point, I remember back, like when we were in Florida, I think I remember being over his parents' place and I had felt a pain on my right hand side, but I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, my cycle's coming. Like, but normally I don't get cramps during my cycle. And so, um, yeah, my cycle didn't come. And I was like, okay, um, you know, what's going on? And so I had went to the school's medical place and um, peed on the stick, the nurse had come in and she was like, okay, we have to have a conversation. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I just went just for clarification. I didn't really think that I was pregnant. And she was like, yep, you are pregnant. She was like, as soon as she hit that pee on that stick. And I, like, I literally felt like the walls were caving in. I was like, what? I was like, I'm pregnant? Like, this can't be true. Like, let me wake up from this dream. Like, that's literally how I felt. I was not happy. I was not excited, any of that. And I know a lot of people when they're pregnant, they're like, oh, yeah, we're pregnant and blah, blah, blah. And I did not feel any of that. I was very um, disheartened. I was like, I'm not ready. I was like, there's so many things that I want to do, so many things that I want to accomplish, and I'm about to graduate. Like, what? And so I went home, and I had uh, told my ex, hey, this is what's happening. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And then I think I just laid in his arms. And I think I was crying. And then he was like, you know, whatever. Because the nurse had talked to me about options. Like, she was like, I could keep a child or I can, you know, get an abortion. She had given me a clinic that wasn't super far. I think it was a Planned Parenthood that wasn't far. And so he was like, you know, whatever choice I want to make is whatever choice I want to make. And so I had thought about it. I was crying. The next week, I was depressed about it. I was just, I was literally not excited at all. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I think, I, you know, I want to do an abortion. I think that's the best thing. I just, I really could not imagine in my mind bringing a life and being happy about it. And for me, that was the energy. I didn't want to have that energy of, this is the energy I'm bringing my child into. Like, I don't even, and it sounds really fucked up to say, but I don't really want you at this moment. I was really upset about it. And so... Yeah, so I had, you know, went to, we had went to the clinic, um, she, I talked to the lady, she had told me the two options, Ooh. she had told me the two options, that's a candle, y'all, she had told me the two options, and she was like, you can either do pill form, you can either do pill form, it's not hot, y'all, I'm good, like, <laughs> oh. you can either do pill form, or you can do, um, the, I guess it's the surgical. surgery, yeah, surgical. And so I had the different options, and I was like, okay, I think I'll just do the surgical option. And so I think I had to wait some time. Then we came back, and he was there with me. Um, I had seen other women come in, and I think I was actually really surprised. I think it was only one day of the week that they actually do abortions for Planned Parenthood. And so I was actually pretty surprised at all the types of different women that came in, because just that day, it was just for abortions. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of women that like are having abortions. And at that time, I felt like, I, at that time, I felt like, okay, like it's only a little bit of women, it's just gonna be me in there, but it was actually a lot more women of different ages. And so, when I had gotten and I was super nervous, um, I, don't, I think they said they had like, it wasn't anything like numbing wise that I remember. They had did a mini like, oh, there's like, oh, do you want to do the ultrasound before? And I was like, yeah, like I just, you know, wanted to. And then did that. And then I was super nervous looking up and then I had a nurse next to me. And then 
they did it. And I don't really have like the graphic details of what they did. I just know what happened. I felt some strong cramping and then it was done. And then they put a heating pad over my stomach and put me in another room where a lot of women had just finished theirs. And then they gave me the round of these, you have to go here for the antibiotics, this for this, this for that. And that was pretty much it. And so I was healing, still going to school at that time. Um, that was the decision that me and my ex had made. And at that time, I think I was good. But then throughout time after that, I've had like, I'm very spiritual, so sometimes I get spiritual readings from different people. And at one time I was at this um, event, it was like the Black Witches Convention. It was like the first year they ever had it, Black Witches Convention. And there's this woman there um, who was a reader. And she was saying, yeah, I basically she told me that she had seen a son. Like she was like, yeah, I had seen a, like a son. Um, he understands like, you know, what you did. Like, don't be shameful about it. And what she was telling me was just like, the child that I would have had would have been a son and that he understood, like his, his spiritual energy, his spiritual body understood why I made that decision. So there's no need to have shame around it. And since then I've done different like cleanses, which is whether that's a vaginal steam, whether there's this egg method, um, which is basically you take a white egg, you set your intention with the egg and you rub it over your womb area and then you can throw that egg into the ocean or you can throw that egg on a tree. And um, that's just a way to cleanse your energy of your womb spiritually. It's another uh, method that other women have used in the past. And so when I heard her tell me that, I was like, okay, that's good. I'm glad that he understood. I remember writing in my journal about the abortion. I remember writing my journal, you know, um, I think a letter, a letter to my son at the time was like, you know, this is the choice that I had made and affirming that you understand. And now I'm at a space where like, I'm good. Like, I'm in a space where, like, I don't have shame about my abortion. I'm in a space where if I meet somebody or a woman, like, really for the first time and I want to get to know her more, I usually have conversations of, well, tell me your life. You know, tell me about your life. Um, I'll tell you about mine first. And I tell them everything. And I mention my abortion. And then they tell me about, you know, their lives. And I've met other women that have said, oh, that they've had an abortion. I'm like, oh, okay. And I do that because primarily when I'm meeting somebody, I really want to know... I just really want to know more about them, and I don't want to have to wait five months to get to really know them. I don't want to have to wait five months to know about your trauma, or you're like, you know, all that shit, that's just annoying to me. Like, when are we going to hang out again? Like, I don't want to have to wait five months to know all that. Let me know now. If you're comfortable, I'll share mine, and then I'm completely open, and then whatever you feel like sharing, then, you know, we're good. And so, that's the space I'm at now, and, and that's my personal, like, abortion story. I know that I'm good to have kids. Um, when I want to have kids, I'm pretty fucking fertile. This is not the time for me to have kids. I've gotten a reading. It is not the time for me to have kids right now. Why? It's not time for me to have kids because there are a lot of things that I'm working on. And so if I did decide to have a child now, it would really slow down that process. All right, so now we're going to take it over to Tiara with her story. Definitely. So I have had multiple, multiple, multiple abortions. And I have zero shame about any, any, any one of them. I am 36 years old. My first abortion was at 14 years old. My second was at 15 years old. My third was at 16 and a half. And possibly my fourth was shortly after that, maybe 18. And we're just going to stop there. <laughs> um, 
At this point in my life, looking back on being a spiritually attuned woman, understanding the type of life forces and energies it is that I would have birthed to this planet would not have been anything in conjunction of what this planet deserves mm -hmm. and what I deserve for my life quality. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate every aspect. I appreciate the medical field for having that option readily available to me, especially just being premature within my sexual fluidity and just being sexually responsible. Um, move it, Laura, looking back on everything, um, I always had anesthesia. I went one time and was like, okay, if I have the abortion this time, no anesthesia, maybe if I go ahead and feel the entire process, I won't end up in this predicament again if I actually feel it. That didn't happen. <laughs> that definitely did not happen. So being um, aware of all of those life forces, a lot of parents on this planet, I personally believe should not be parents. Mm -hmm. And if they had real valuable options mm -hmm. to where it could have been a financial resource yeah. or it could have been family binds or um, societal expectations and obligations, a lot mm -hmm. of the people that we have here, unfortunately, I just feel like should not have been born. Am mm -hmm. I saying do an abortion? No, I'm just saying a lot of these energetic entities should not even be here on Talk this planet. Talk more about that. Like, why do you feel that way? Like, in terms of the energetic entities, like, why do you feel like, first I want to hear about why you feel like some people cannot be parents or should not be parents. <laughs> and also, I want to know about, like, more about that energetic standpoint. Like, explain that. Definitely. Well, let's start with why people shouldn't be parents. Um, one, I think a lot of people are just not emotionally sound mm. in their own um human abilities yet mm. you know like before they start bringing life forces to this planet and i'm yes. not talking about personalities or upbringings or work career titles i'm not talking about that i'm talking about where you are in your development within your humanity mm. before you bring and grow another human mm. half the time or a lot of the time i can't say half a lot of the time we're not even aware of ourselves yeah. let alone being aware of the partners that is that we're partnering with yes. in order to biologically grow another life force based mm -hmm. off of your 50 percent my 50 percent and here we are with this whole human out here and yeah. i don't even know you yeah. i barely even love you i think i love you right now yeah but in those moments, we don't know your DNA makeup. Yeah. We don't know your biological chemistry. Yeah. We don't know what truly ticks you off. There's so many people who live in all different complexities of duality. Yeah. You know, like, and if you haven't thoroughly gotten a chance to know that, how many of us right here don't even know our parents fully? Mm. You know, like, we don't know those people. And we've been around them for 30, 40, yes. 50 years, however yes. long. We don't know them ideally. And I believe that's one of the reasons why people shouldn't fully be parents yeah. at the times that they end up parents yeah. because it's just a developmental process yeah. um, of fully knowing and understanding your space within this human energetic realm. Mm -hmm. um, Energy-wise, like I said, you just do not know. And if you have not come to a space within your own complexities and your own contrast, that is going to come off in your DNA no matter what. Hmm. It's going to come off in your poop. 
It's going to come off in your tears. It comes off in body odor. It definitely comes off in a whole nother life form that you nurtured and brought here. And think about it. If you're not emotionally sound, think about how many people that are walking around the planet right now with ADHD, autism, anxiety, um, depression, all of these things. And I trace it back to just the energetic space to where the mother was holding in the womb who Mm. knows what she was experiencing throughout that time it could have been very traumatic she could have been overworked she could have been stressed out her family she could have been ashamed she could have been guilty she could have been holding someone else's husband's life force bringing a child into this planet and saying i'm gonna just do it by myself i don't need a man yeah all of those mental things are being transferred into our space and then she's feeding herself with mcdonald's Okay, so that child, not even child, that life force just doesn't truly have a fair chance from the beginning. There's a beautiful um, show out now um, called Euphoria. It's on HBO. But in the beginning of that show, and I've only watched one, but in the beginning of that show, they were showing all of the steps that that child was birthed onto this planet Mm -hmm. and how it had a huge impact her entire life. Wow. So it's major, but we don't understand how magnificent it is as energetic beings. We're not taught that we're energetic beings on this planet. So if you're not aware of the energy it is, of course you're just going to, oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and have a baby by Rodney because we was high school sweethearts Mm -hmm. and we really love each other and it's okay. You know, like, and I'm from Columbus, Ohio, where people are validated by how many children they have and how well they can keep it together in order Mm -hmm. to make it look like they have their stuff together. But you're miserable. Yeah. You're miserable. You're undersexed. You don't have any type of worldly. Yes, you're (laughs) undersexed. You don't have any type of worldly experiences and all that you're doing with your life is just hanging in there and keeping it together. I knew at a very early age, I never wanted that to be my life. I also wanted to change the generational curses that went along with my family. I don't think anybody in my family outside of me has made it past the age of 22 without bearing children. Unwed. Uh. Unwed. So it's a lot of struggle. And I still, I'm 36 years old. I've never wanted to be a parent. I, God bless everybody who has taken that life and that job. But that's never, ever been anything that I've desired. I had it for like maybe a year. Yeah. Where I was like, well, maybe I'll be a wife and maybe I'll be a mother. And then that quickly changed. It went right back to, Mm-mm, no, no, this is not for me. I don't want that. I, You know how you can sign up for certain jobs. Yeah. And it's just like, this is not me. I am not a retail specialist. I am not. You know, like, so I think of that in the same exact way of you yeah. just knowing exactly what works for you. Yes. And I'm very selfish yes. and being responsible for another person. I like my thoughts to be my thoughts only. I like to turn off my brain when I'm ready to turn off my brain. Yeah. And the fact of parents never get to turn <laughs> off. You always are responsible for a whole nother life force. Yeah. And there's no chance. There's no break. Everybody gives you all this advice and yes. all of these books. And then honestly, nobody's there for real to help you up uh, out yes. of this stuff. And then here's this person with this personality. And I don't know who you are because I don't even know who it is that I bred with for real. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure it all out while keeping it all together. I never wanted that for my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So that is definitely my abortion story. So I am honored and I am definitely, definitely one of the privileged to be able to utilize abortion as a resource yeah. and without shame about it. I've never gotten up off the table where it's just like, oh, well, <laughs> here I am, <laughs> you know, it's like, let's go. All right. You know, like, <laughs> Got that done, it's over, and okay, do we have any residue? Did we get it all? You know, like I never had that type of outlook, and I've never been shameful. I've never felt guilty. I've never um, thought about it after the moment that it's done. I've always been very open with my stories and yeah. always very transparent because I love the space of vulnerability yes. that women are able to actually have with inside of each other and in all the other influences because there's not a lot of us that are in a space where it's just like yeah girl I had like four five six seven different I don't know and it would go tomorrow if that just so happens to be the case you know like nobody's really talking like that and yes. that's the type of person that I am and we all have to embrace whatever life choices it is yes. that we make it's yes. all a life choice and that is the beauty within being human that is the beauty within growing beyond any type of circumstantial issue yes. is the simple fact of we are all a some whole of our choices yes and I have two it. questions I want to know about, okay, so the first question, I want to know if you can give us details on your first abortion when you were 14. My second question is, okay, so I know a listener's going to be like, okay, well, if you're having all these abortions, then, like, like is there protection when you're having sex? If there's no protection, how do you do it with, with sex? You know, and then, it, you know, so explain those two. I all like right, that. let's yeah. get all the way raw. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with the protection question. There was no protection. Like, it doesn't feel good. It changes the pH balance. You, you, you discharge is like baby powder. You stink afterwards. So in these, <laughs> with me, it was no protection. I was yeah. in, you know, very serious relationships. So the multiple abortions have been with primary the same person. Yeah. Um, or maybe not, either way goes my life my choices um but definitely no protection um so it wasn't like I was on something and then oops something happened no yeah. it was absolutely at that age especially I'm 36 so this is in the whatever I'm not good at math right now um in my family my stepdad told me that that would be my responsibility if I ended up pregnant when I went to actually ask my parents for birth control I said, hey, this is happening with or without your permission. And he said, well, if you get pregnant, then that is your responsibility. I got pregnant two weeks later. <laughs> that was my first abortion. So at that time, my mother over, she overhauled that entire thing and was just like, no, like you're not going to end up like, like me. She had me at 20 years old and I was yeah. planned. I was prom, um, high school sweethearts. I'm a product of prom. They were in love with baby, with baby. <laughs> You're going to have my baby, yeah. and they had the baby, and here I am. Yeah. Um, so my first abortion was at 14 years old, and my mother paid, and then my boyfriend's mother paid. My so everybody knew everybody. Yes, about. everybody so knew everybody. Open. It was a family yes, thing, yes, yes. and our parents knew each other and went to school together. And like I said, it was a very serious relationship, as serious as it could be at 14 years old. Yeah. We were together. You know, you can't tell me anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was actually my boyfriend until like 18 years old. Wow. So it was always him, and it was never any protection. And yeah. <laughs> that was just that. So yeah, that was the whole procedure in the beginning. So he came to the abortion clinic with me. Yeah. We knew like four people in there yeah so we're having conversations 
And he stayed the entire time, took yeah. me home, brought me some food. Um, and yeah, his mom was very supportive. And then, nice. yeah. We I think that's cool that, like, um, that your family's new. I know, like, a lot of times it's, like, done in shame. Or, like, maybe your moms don't know or, like, fathers don't know. Like, parents just don't know. So mm-hmm. I actually think it was kind of cool that your both sides of parents were involved. Definitely. So, yeah. Definitely. And I'm glad that my mother actually took a stance over my stepdad and actually mm-hmm. said, you know what, no. Yeah. I understand you said she couldn't be on birth control. He's an islander from St. Croix, yeah. St. Thomas. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I don't know. But um, got pregnant two weeks later, and then my mother was like, no. So here's the money. And then she actually made me pay her back. Okay. She made me pay her back for um, my half of the abortion. Yes. So I worked and babysat and did a couple of odd jobs. Cool too. Yes, she made me pay that back. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. I really appreciate it. And so now I want to get over to Diamond's story. It's even weird to say because like, I've never really even looked at categories to describe myself like that. Mm-hmm. But when I was younger, I could consider myself a conservative. Yeah. Like I was, um, like I was against abortion, like, I don't want to have sex, but I got married, like, I was yeah. just, like, but, of course, I didn't look at anybody strange for doing whatever they wanted to do, it's like, this is me, Yeah. you know, I don't want to do that, Yeah. little boys is like, so we're going to have sex, I'm like, never, when we get married, like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, <laughs> so, up until the point in which, um, you know, I, I, I grew up, I experienced life, um, this was in 20, either 2015 or 2016, I was in a relationship um, with somebody that really shouldn't have been in a relationship with. <laughs> the IRL toes in the You know, <laughs> so um, we also used the pull-out method. You know, yeah. I don't know what the hell happened, but um, it was so funny. Like, I swear, I don't know what it is with black mothers, but they just be knowing stuff. Like, <laughs> my mother was looking at me like, you pregnant. I was like, girl, what are you talking about? Yeah. And she was just like, you pregnant? I'm like, I'm literally not. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go take a pregnancy test just to humor her. Yeah. Girl, I was laughing after that thing. I was like, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know I can get pregnant. Because, like, I don't know. Like, you don't really think about it until it happens. So it's like, I never really thought about, like, I don't even know I can get pregnant. But, like, I guess this is. This is interesting. Like, I didn't really know how to feel. I wasn't necessarily happy, but I also wasn't necessarily upset until I thought about the person who I was going to be having this kid with if I were to do it, right? And I thought about all the issues that I had with him, like, just all the things that I had picked up about him within us dating. And I even remember, like, the way he reacted when I told him. It was just like, bro, what the hell is wrong with you? He literally was like... And he was in front of other other dudes. I called him on the phone. He was like, exactly. He was like, oh, I knew you was going to hit me with this shit. I was like, don't you ever flex up on me in front of no niggas ever again in your life. Like, what? Oh. I'm not trying to drop you. Like, yeah. boy, yeah. please stop it. So, um, yeah, I was pregnant. I told my parents. They got Tell excited. Me. I was 20, 23, 24. Okay. Yeah, um. I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. They were like, oh, my God, we're going to. I was like, mm. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that one. I'm not sure if, if I'm going to keep um, this thing that's happening right now. Yeah. And um, actually, two of my best friends, they were, they, had, they were also pregnant. So we were all pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, one of them was 
three or four months at the time. The other one was like two months, and then I was like six weeks. It's like, oh god, we're all pregnant. This is weird. <laughs> but um, they kept theirs out of keep mind. I told them I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm be able to do it. And for me, I just could not picture my my child. I couldn't even picture really sharing DNA with that person yeah. because I understand that Absolutely. once that egg implants into me, which is mixed with that sperm, his DNA becomes mine. Mm. And that's why, you know, a lot of times women, like their hair texture may start changing, different things like that. It's literally because like you're mixing, like that person's DNA is mixing inside of you. So it's just like, when I thought about that, I was like, I don't want that DNA in my kid and I don't want that DNA in me. So absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Yeah. No. Like. What type of relationship did y'all have at the time? Um, we just weren't in the best place. Like, we yeah. just weren't. And based off the actions that he was doing, he was just, like, showing me that he just wanted shit. So, just, yeah. like, I just would not want to bring a kid into that. Like, it's just unfair to me. Yeah. Like, why would I do that? So, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to have this abortion. And I'm going to call it a day. Um... I ended up doing the pill. Yeah. That was intense. Like, I remember I was, like, trying to look up, like, okay, so how is this going to go? I talked to one of my friends. She did the pill before. She was like, girl, I threw up, and I almost passed out. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Why so, do you decide to do the pill? Well, I'm not a fan of surgery. Yeah. I don't want anybody operating on me. Yeah. Like, even when I have vertigo, when they told me that I may have to have, like, neurological surgery, that was the last time I went to the doctor about that. Mm. Because I'm just like, y'all not going to operate on me. Yeah. So, um, I did the pill. They give you actually two, like, sets of pills. They give you one that stops it from, like, growing. And then they give you one that induces your period. Mm -hmm. The first one was okay because they give it to you, like, after you leave. So, you know, nothing really happens besides the fact that the life is stopping. Yeah. That in, that induction of the period part, mm. whew, I, I wasn't ready. And it was, it was crazy because I was sitting there. I had my assistant there. Of course, my boyfriend wasn't there. He was out some at some bar doing something. Did he something. know that you were doing the boyfriend? Mm-hmm. He knew. He wasn't there. And, um, you know, she was there with me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take these pills. I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know this is going to be done when it's done. I took the pills. I sat there for a second. I was like, okay, it's not bad. And then I started feeling like cramps. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is happening quickly. And like, it took 30 seconds. And like, I got so weak. Mm-hmm. And then I just like fell over on the side of the bed and I started throwing up. And I was like, this is crazy. I almost passed out. Like, I got really, really weak. Yeah. But my period started and like, I have had bad cramps in life. Yeah. So, for me, it was just like, I think the worst part about it for me specifically was just the fact that because I was so weak, I couldn't brace myself against the pain. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I'm weak and I feel all this pain. I can't do nothing about it. So I'm just going to lay here yeah. and deal with it. But it was intense. Yeah. Um, my mama also came just so she could like support me or whatever. Uh, I did have to take my antibiotics and stuff. The antibiotics made me sick. I had uh, a reaction. Like, I'm allergic to it or something. Mm-hmm. So I was going through that, and I took the antibiotics, and it made my heart rate speed up and made me start sweating and do all this extra stuff. And so at that point, I was just overwhelmed, and I was over it. And I was just like, I just need this to be done so I can go, go on with the rest of my life. Um, 
And I actually didn't think that it was going to affect me the way that it did. Mm -hmm. Like, I just wasn't aware that I was experiencing, that I was going to experience grief. Yeah. So, I was, uh, this was maybe the first time I left out the house, like, after I had it. Yeah. I was walking through Kroger, and I went down the baby aisle section, Mm -hmm. and I just, like, broke down. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know that, like, I was going to feel all that. Yeah. But, um. That was pretty much that. Like, I mean, it was, it wasn't the easiest decision to make, but I just knew that I could not do that with that person. Like, it just, it wouldn't have been a smart decision. Like, I can't imagine him still being in my life right now. Yeah. Or him being in my kid's life. Yeah. And I know that I would have been that mom who would have been like, I'm not bringing my kid around you. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you want to be there or not. Mm. And... You know, to a lot of people, I would have been a fucked up person yeah. because the daddy want to be there. I'm like, fuck that nigga. <laughs> like, no, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, no, he don't need to be around. None of that. So I was just like, no, you keep that over there. Um, to this day, I still kind of like have interesting feelings about it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like, the thing with things like this is that they're so layered. Mm-hmm. Everything about it is just layered. There's so many different parts to the decisions that you make mm-hmm. and you know it's just very personal to everybody who experiences it in, in the different ways that we experience it and um I more or less saw it as a completely for me as I looked at it for the child mm-hmm. it's like you don't deserve to be brought into this. Like, you deserve better than that. So you just go ahead and stay where you at. You know, you'll stay in the spirit world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we not. You don't need to be brought into this. Like, you, you don't want to. Trust me. Like, yeah. so. Um, but, yeah, that was that was my, my uh, little situation. I have a question. So do you feel like um, that you're currently still healing from that? Do you feel like you have paid attention to your healing for that? Because I know you said... From time to time, you still have, like, different thoughts. So, like, I guess, how was your healing process? Do you think you're still going through that? Like, let me know that. I think I'm still going through that healing process. Because, mm-hmm. again, I experienced grief that yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know I was going to experience. Yeah. And as we all know, grief is an interesting thing that can last as long as it wants to. Mm-hmm. And all yeah. you can do is really just allow yourself to feel it yeah. and um, allow it to move through you mm-hmm. in, you know, whatever way that it does. Um I've not actually done a lot of intentional work around yeah. healing from that. Okay. Um, it's more so just me kind of living mm-hmm. and just whatever I feel whenever it comes, I just let myself feel it. Yeah. Um, I talk about it from time to time. Like, I'm not, um, you know, ashamed to talk about it or nothing like mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, it was my decision. It's my life. Yeah. And uh, Lord knows I wouldn't have been able to do some things if I did do that. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad about that. But, um, yeah, I had not actually put too much energy into, like, intentional healing around yeah. that. I would say, like, um, I mean, it may bring up some feelings, but my suggestion would be, I think it would be good for you to write a letter to your spirit baby. That's yeah. what I would say. A write a letter to your spirit baby explaining everything, maybe reading it out loud, and um, set your intention around that, that letter, and towards your spirit baby. And um, see what happens. Like you mm-hmm. write the letter, light a candle, um, get into that mode. If you start grieving more, let that flow, like you talked about. 
uh, and just see how you feel. But I think it would be good for you to release it because um, in time you'll be able to have another child that you yeah. actually want to bring into this world yeah. and um, have a fruitful life. And so I think just in general, like if there is still feelings of grief or shame or anything in regards to abortion, I think that we should focus on our womb and our uteruses and heal that if you feel like you need to or if you feel like you haven't. Like especially since you said that you know from time to time you're experiencing grief. So I think it would be good and particularly for you, but also uh, for any other women that have had abortions that may feel shame or feel unhealed from it, I think that would be a wonderful thing for you guys to do and um, to actually be intentional about that. Thank you so much for sharing. I really oh, appreciate it. <laughs> so now I'm going to bring it to Danica with her yes. story. Yes. So um, I've had, I've been pregnant seven times and I've had six abortions. I have a 15 year old daughter. And my first one, I was 19 years old. I came home from college pregnant. My mother was like, oh no, yeah. you're not about to have this shit. <laughs> Shut that down real quick. And um, the person that I was pregnant by, it was an abusive relationship, verbally abusive, physically abusive, emotionally abusive. So that wouldn't have worked out well anyway. Um, how far were you? How far? When you got home, how long ago? How, like, how long pregnant were you? Like, I don't remember, um, probably six to eight weeks, somewhere between there, if I had to guess. I had spent some time in Baltimore, um, definitely um, entangled in a dysfunction of using that pregnancy to hold on to uh, this man. Speak on that shit. And be yeah. honest, I like that yes. you talk about that. <laughs> yes. yes, that, that was... Um, the beginning of a cycle mm. that continued mm. five more times. Yeah. <laughs> With the same person? No, 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 no. Just the cycle of holding on to the Yes, yeah, the cycle of using pregnancy as a way to feed a trauma that was within me. So mm. some, some feed, feed some voids within yeah. me, I guess I could say it that way. Yeah. So it was a combination of using a man to fill the voids within myself mm -hmm. and also recreating some womb trauma that started as sexual abuse as a child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a combination of those two things, um, just that cycle continued over and over. So starting at 19, that was the first time, that was a surgical abortion, really not my choice, but I didn't, I didn't fight it. But there were parts of me that was that were um, emotional parts of me that were resistant because that that also meant a disconnection from this person that I was trying to hold on to. But very compliant with my mother and just like, no, this is not happening. And seeing for myself all of the reasons why it shouldn't happen, just in plain sight. Um, the next time I was pregnant was with my daughter. Um, again, met a man, Prince Charming, like, yes, like. I thought that was it. I was 23 years old, um, and we planned her, um, like, we're going to have this baby, and then we're going to get married and live happy, happily ever after with our white picket fence, and very shortly after, actually, like, tried one time, bam, it happened, um, but very shortly after, um, began to have those urges of, do I really want this? Yeah. Is this really right? And I remember doing things to almost try to make myself miscarry. Mm. 
um, because there were parts of me that really kind of felt like I'm not, I'm not really ready for this. Yeah. But I was talking to talk and I was walking to walk like I was. So it was like, I got to play along with this role. But there was something in me that kind of felt like maybe not. But once I got past these attempted miscarriages, it was just like, okay, this is happening. I planned this. Let me be a big girl. And so I have a 15-year-old. <laughs> um, moving forward. Um, yeah. Have you ever talked to her about that? About her conception or like your thoughts personally? Mm. And I know, I mean, I know she's still young. But yeah. I just want to know how you no, not, not that part of it. Yeah. Um, definitely knowing that her and my dad, her, me and her dad planned it. Yeah. And that our plan definitely wasn't the smartest plan on the block. <laughs> but never sharing the thoughts of, um, you know, what would I just share with you? This she'll, she'll be hearing it for the first time. Yeah, but I think that's important because it's just like, okay, so I had, when I shared my story, I was like, I know that I wasn't fucking ready. I didn't want, I didn't want a baby. That's just what it was. Like, I knew that. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, of course, if kids are like, oh, you didn't want me, of course they're going to feel sad about right. it. But it's just like, I feel like when we start, like for me, when I started learning to look at my mom as a human being and not just mm -hmm. like a superhero person, like she's my mom, yeah, but she is a whole human being that her own personal traumas. I don't know what she was going through when she had me, you know? Right. And so I also think the perspective of parents at some point, just being real about certain things about what happened, of course, the, you know, you're here, I love you now, and all this thing, things have changed. But I think it's good for them to kind of hear that, just like the other perspective. Because what we usually see on social media, on Instagram, is we have these two people. Oh, my God, guys, we're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Smile for the camera. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this. Right. And that's all we see. Yep. That's all the stories we hear. Mm -hmm. So then we could be having other mothers who are pregnant that are not with their man. They may not be in a good-ass relationship that are very unhappy about it, but you do not see those stories being shared. Mm -hmm. So I think it was um, really good for you just to share how you felt at the time, like mm -hmm. how you felt. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. Continue. I just want yes, to Yes, no. Um, she's definitely at that age now where yeah. I'm moving closer to those types of conversations. Yeah. And I had have, have had conversations with her around my other abortions, yeah. um, but never yet shared just some of the, the feelings that I was having when I was pregnant with her. But th thank you for, for, for sharing that. So moving, um, moving forward, there were... The next one, two, three were very much just me just living in cycles. Mm -hmm. Cycles of just behaviors of not having boundaries with my body, not being able to mm -hmm. use my voice and say, no, I don't want that, or go put on a condom. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just being emotionally wrapped up with men and using them to fill my voids mm -hmm. and, and using these situations as a way to, to hold on to people. Mm -hmm. So um, the next three were by way of the pill. So there wasn't a lot of feeling behind it. So some of you have spoken about just not feeling anything. I, there was, it, was, it was almost like taking a medication, yeah. like taking this medication, okay, it's done. Never thought about it again. Didn't have any emotions about it. Just very numb. Just very, just very void. Was yours? Was your um, 
abortions painful the way Diamond had described it with the pillow where you like it was just no I didn't have a similar experience at yeah. all um you know those first sets of pills like you said you don't really feel much but the second ones they were just like hard periods mm. lots of cramps lots of bleeding I had heard stories of people who had you know some challenges but I didn't have any of those experiences they were all very easy it was just like a, a very crampy yeah. period um I Definitely every time is like all up in the toilet bowl looking for things trying to see what was coming out of me You know, I'm just very curious as to like what is this process and what yeah. is happening to me? But definitely and not a ton of pain and emotionally just very disconnected from the experiences yeah. um, <clears throat> The fourth one I was in my 30s at this point yeah and so it felt different and it was a different situation I was actually in a relationship with someone that I could see myself being with. Yeah. I uh, my daughter by that time was probably about ten years old, so she was at that age where she could understand that mommy is pregnant and she wanted a sibling. And um, it, it was I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. Like we go round two, let's do this. Like so, I told my family it was around Christmas time and um, it was a whole big thing. And going back to I think. Tiara was saying about knowing someone. Um, as time, a little bit of time has gone by, I'm starting to learn more about this person. And, and so now I'm, I'm 10 years in as being a mom. Yeah. So I, I've, I know what it's like to now be uh, co-parenting with someone that I don't know who the hell they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm learning year after year more about who this person is and what they're capable of and more of, of their family and very much so not wanting to put another child in this situation. Mm -hmm. So right on time, he began to reveal things to me that were like, oh no, this, 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 that won't work. Yeah. Um, am I going down this road again? And so that was really hard for me. That one was hard for me yeah. because I had told my family, yeah. my daughter was excited. Yeah. You know, this was someone that I had spoken about possibly being engaged to. So it was, I felt that. And then at that particular time, whatever my insurance situation was, they didn't cover the pill. Yeah. So now I had to have a surgical one and that was like the last thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. So I'm like, shit, like I gotta go through this. Like it, it was it was not easy. Um, How far along were you at that time? Um, yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Um, definitely um, probably more in like the eight to 10 week range because yeah. I had waited. It was yeah. some time had yeah. gone by because I thought this was this yeah. was going down. And so I remember going the first time and getting like, having like an anxiety attack mm -hmm. and leaving like, okay, this is not, I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna do this. Yeah. And then going back home and um, working through some of those emotions, revisiting it like a, a week or two later and just like, okay, like it's done. Um, what ended up happening is I had um, I had the surgical procedure done, and probably like two or three three days later, I started having pains again, and almost like I was in labor, and I actually was in labor. They had forgot some things inside of me, and I was giving birth to it, and I was having contractions just like you would when you're in labor. They were coming like consistently, like every couple of minutes, and I remember being in the bed. And even at, at that time, I didn't realize what was happening. Yeah. Um, 
and something was just like going in the shower, going in the shower, and I go in the shower and I see whatever it was comes out of me and then it all stopped. And it was like, wow, I, I literally just went through this labor process. And I took whatever it was in the shower, I put it in a plastic bag, it went to the hospital because I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't know if they left something in me that belongs to me or that doesn't belong to me. <laughs> or like, I don't know what this is. Um, and so I go to an emergency room and they just sort of tell me it was just left over. Like, it's just something, part, part of me, part of the whole process, they just, they just forgot some things. And so that, that felt different for me. That, that I really, really felt on so many levels from the emotional aspect of just guilt with my family and yes. then the physical aspect with my body, which I had never experienced before. Um, and all of these experiences, with the exception of the first one, which was I had my mom by my side, but they were all just me by myself. So um, that one, I had the moment of like walking down baby aisles and going to stores and like all of those things. I felt a lot of those emotions. Um, moving forward, after that, my sex life changed dramatically. I definitely became more aware of what boundaries meant yeah. and just what role my voice played in the bedroom. Yeah. And I had started um, studying Tantra by this time. So um, a lot of like energetic healing and just a, a deeper understanding of just my body and, and just what sex really means and the power of that energy yeah. and how to use it differently. Um, but I still ended up two more times in situations where it was um, the time after that, it was someone that I had had a consistent sort of ongoing, I wouldn't say a relationship. Um, we had more of just a sexual-based relationship, a lot of sexual exploration. Yeah. And just trusting him more than trusting myself, trusting that he was doing things that he wasn't doing, um, trusting that he was pulling out or that he had a condom on and looking like, oh shit, he doesn't. And those types of things were happening and next thing you know, I'm pregnant. And this was, question. yeah. In those times that you started, he didn't have a, a condom, were mm -hmm. you like, what the fuck? Or like, how was it? Was you just like, we just gonna continue? Cause I know some guys do that. Yes. They start with a condom, they end up with no condom. Yeah. Right. Right, <laughs> right, and, and and the next two times that was the situation, and um, definitely paralyzed, yeah. just just not able yeah. to just even like, yeah, just totally paralyzed, mm -hmm. and then and then in both situations, um, not even thinking about pregnancy because I'm not fully aware that these that my body has been exposed in this way. And so not even thinking pregnancy is on the table until things like the nipples are hurting. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, like, that's like the first sign I know I'm pregnant, the nipples are hurting. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, at that point, just being caught off guard with both of those last two, totally caught off guard. Um, the last one, I really, I was just like, there's no way. Like pregnancy wasn't even, I didn't even think that was an option. I, I just thought, my period was late. Like, I didn't think that, I didn't know that this person had taken off the condom. Yeah. I didn't even know. Um, so, that was the last straw for me. <laughs> um, finally, and this is over 18 years. Yeah. And so, um, after, I'm 38 years old. I'm 38 years old. And so, after the last one, 
definitely again another huge shift as it relates to just my relationship with my body my relationship with sex and just um being moving closer to being able to set boundaries and being able to use my voice and say oh no um you better put a condom on you better have just just using my voice more assertively in the bedroom and speaking up for myself and under and by this time having a, a greater understanding of um just how everything comes together yeah. connecting the dots you know, when I was, when this was all happening, I didn't understand that I was using these men to fill my voids or that I was recreating cycles of trauma. I didn't know that. Um, it wasn't until after that last one that I was heavy just into my own personal journey. So able to just understand things better. My sense of awareness was different. So just processing, not just that last one, but going back and really yeah. just taking a look at all of those experiences and connecting them in different ways um, that told a real story just over the years of just my life and my evolution and my growth. Um, then I met, I met, oh, then my daughter. So let me think. This was, this was, this is 2019, right? So this was last year. So last year, um, my daughter all of a sudden started saying that she keeps seeing these, um, these orbs of light. Yeah. These, these blue lights and she kept saying she sees six of them and so I thought it was like my mom's yeah. spirit at first coming to her yeah. um, and she she's always kind of been that kid to see things and feel things so it wasn't abnormal so I'm like you know grandma wants to play like don't be afraid like you know embrace it and then I started thinking like the more she kept saying I was like six six like, hmm, like, yeah. I know I've had six abortions. Like, yeah. maybe it's something else. Maybe wow. it's these spirits yeah. coming to her. And so um, I had seen a spiritual advisor, um, and I brought it up to her, and she confirms, like, yes, like, those are, like, your children. And they are, they're coming to her because they're jealous of her. Yeah. And they're, they're almost, like, taunting her um, because she has you, and, and, and they don't. And she, she broke things down to me on a different level, helping me understand, like, um, you know, and all of my pregnancies, these children, they wanted me as a mom. Yeah. She was like, those men, they didn't matter. They wanted you as their mom. And so your daughter having you as her mom, like, they, they're jealous of her. They're just messing with her. But you got to just soothe them a little bit and, and build a relationship with them. So that's when I started to, like address them as 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 like they were real yes. and acknowledge them for what they were because as i said before i had just it was like out of sight out of mind yeah. it just it just didn't exist so i went through this whole process where i named them all but two of them already had names that yeah. she shared with me they had like the, the two oldest ones and she was like the oldest one was like she's like that's the ringleader he's leading all the other ones like yes let's go out and make some noise and kick and scream and so I named the rest of them and I did this ritual. She told me to, um, that I had to take six candles and light them each for 21 days and kind of go through um, these certain prayers that she gave me over 21 days for each one of them. And um, over the time, they did stop coming to my daughter. They, yeah. they left her alone. Yeah. And towards the end, I was personally having like these really, really um, intense meditations. Yeah. And this one last one I remember seeing like the six orbs of light. So it's like they came to me. And in that meditation, um, well, after that meditation, I just instinctively felt like, okay, like this is done. Like I wasn't even finished with everything that she told me, but I just felt it like, yeah. 
I'm done. Yeah. Like I've done the work that I need to do. I've healed what I need to heal. They're they're at rest. They're at, it was almost like they came to me to kind of yeah. say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to give me that closure. Right, right. Yeah. And so um, since then, and that that was that was about a year ago. Because yeah. really in June, yeah, that was about a year ago now. Wow. Yes. And I haven't, they haven't come back to me or her. <laughs> Actually, I lied. There are some times where I feel like in meditation, I do see them. Yeah. Um, I do, yeah, they do come to me sometimes. But um, I definitely have felt just within myself a sense of closure in my heart. And um, again, another shift in just the relationship with my body and yes. my voice and how I use it. And um, the way that I relate to men has definitely evolved over the course of all of those experiences. Yeah. I think that is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what being you, they were like, look at this. <laughs> so I just think that was such a beautiful story, just describing spirit and the energy yeah. and how it still moves on and lives on. And I know some time ago on some past podcasts, I talked about honoring our ancestors, right? Mm-hmm. Then we we're honoring you're honoring your children that have passed that are still in the spiritual world yeah. that would have came, mm-hmm. but now they it's like you gain closure and they gain closure yeah, and yes. the acknowledgement that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just think that was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And like you know, coming from that perspective of where of where we're like spiritually in tune, where we are speak, seeking, you know, good people of good character who are spiritual advisors because I will let you know there are some people that are not of good character that yeah. are bad that are not good spiritual advisors and they will guide you wrong mm. and so the fact that you had a good spiritual advisor is great but just us tapping into the spirit realm understanding that the world that we do not see still exists and yeah. it's very important and so I just want to commend you for that like I think that was such a wonderful way to just end the stories of the abortion because it's like energy matters it goes back to what Tierra was saying about energy right mm-hmm. so I just love that that was like amazing I was like yeah so just thank, thank you for you. sharing that I want to thank all you ladies for sharing your stories mm-hmm. and I want to come back to Miss V mm-hmm. where she's going to talk about the herbs that indigenously as women that we did use to induce abortion when we did choose that for ourselves. So a lot of this is about what is the decision that we made for ourselves, right? And so when we talk about selfish, babe, would you say that you are selfishly and authentically loving yourself? And as my tattoo says, selfish, babe, I choose me, right? And so I know in all of our stories, we have chosen ourselves because abortion's not new. We think it's like a new thing or whatever related to religion and it's really not. It's not a new thing. We just have a word for it now called abortion. Mm -hmm. But I want us to get more into the herbal part. Let's do it. Yes. So, let's state your name again. Valadia. My name is Valadia. And before I go into detail about these herbs, I don't want to talk your head off about them. So I will encourage you to watch my full YouTube video. I think it's like 45 minutes long because this information is complex. What is it called and on YouTube? It's called Herbal and Intentional Abortion. And the channel is Earth Mama Medicine. Mm-hmm. And that would be a great place for you to go. There's tons of information and websites in the description. That way you can really dive into this. Um, I do want to share a quick little story that pertains to what you were talking about. I am very well aware of intentional abortion and have known many sisters who have used intentional abortion as their only abortion method and it's successfully working. Mm-hmm. Communicating to that spirit when you realize you're pregnant, you're pregnant and releasing it with intention and it leaves mm-hmm. knowing. Uh, a sister of mine who has seven children now when she was pregnant with her third child, she was 
financially suffering and was living with her mother at the time and fell pregnant with her fourth child and her and her partner were like, this is just not good timing to have another baby. So they created a sacred space. They sat together, her and her partner, candles, anything that made a sacred space to them. And they communicated out loud because I think it is important to out loud create that vibration with your intention and also writing it down, making it something physically tangible. But that communication is necessary. And and it works just saying out loud, I love you, I I want you, and thank you for choosing me. But right now, I cannot provide for you in this realm. And if you will walk by me and protect me. There are a lot of people, um, spiritual advisors I have had, that say through a pregnancy release that spirit walks by you. And that might be why your children are still like coming to you when you get to that realm through meditation. They're like, you are still here. Yeah, I I, so I think that's a beautiful way for us to release guilt mm-hmm. from these uh, pregnancy releases because they're it's okay like yes. they chose you but they still choose you yeah just like we choose ourselves selfish yes. babe they still choose you they're still protecting us and walking with us and like yeah so I just wanted to share that I think she did it three times successfully she abort she had a miscarriage a week after they did the ceremony and then when they moved into their new place and were feeling secure. Two days after she was pregnant. Yeah, and so she believed that spirit was like, all right, you ready? Let's go. Let's try round two. Yeah, so that's it's so powerful for us to remember that. Okay, so pregnancy release herbs. The herbs that I'm going to talk about uh, are implantation inhibitors. So these are not something that you can use once you are like five, six, seven weeks into pregnancy. Uh, they are more for plan B options. So this is if you're using the pull-out method and you know that he feels like, uh, I don't know if that really went. Yeah. I don't know why. You know, haven't you had those moments where he was looking at you a little crazy? And you're like, what did you do? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I hate that. Um, so these are for those moments. Like when you look at the over-the-counter plan B pill that um, is the pharmaceutical plan B pill that's out now, on the back it says you have three days to take this or it might fail. Yes. And that's because when you have unprotected intercourse, the egg is released. It's, it's waiting in the uterus for the sperm. The sperm goes in. You have about six to seven days before implantation occurs, meaning that egg, that fertilized egg, is now going to lodge itself into the uterine wall and begin the fetus process, growing into the fetus process. Once implantation occurs, most natural methods are going to be a little bit more difficult. So I encourage most of these to be taken as early as possible. Uh, Something that is very popular is wild carrot seed. You can buy it as a tincture. Some people that are really into their like herbalness, they chew the actual seeds, but they taste really nasty. And I know many friends who use wild carrot seed as a contraception, Hmm. a contraceptive. So they take it after every intercourse session. They just like take a, they have a tincture, take their 20 milliliters or whatever it may be, boom, all right, I'm good Mm. for the next time. I don't particularly recommend that to be a long-term solution. I don't recommend any of these to be long-term because you are sending messages to your uterus and you don't want things to start to become confusing um, hormonally. So yeah. But this is a great plan B option. Wild carrot seed, you can find the tincture on Amazon or maybe an herbal shop near you. It's very avail- available. And I would take it immediately after intercourse and then go 
like within the eight hours, hopefully like within that same day is the best. Mm -hmm. And then continue to take that probably for about three days, look on the back of the tincture and see, you know, and then take that and then hopefully uh, you did not have. And there are amenagogues and abortive fashion herbs. So while kerosene is an abortive fashion, meaning that it will help abort a fetus. Some of these are amenagogues, meaning they're not necessarily for abortion, they are just to induce the period which is pretty much the same thing. A lot of herbalists will tell you they're pretty much the same, same thing. Too, the same slowly, so we yeah. <laughs> amenagog, mm -hmm. amenagog are the ones that will induce your cycle, which mm. pretty much is going to abort the fetus anyway, but sometimes it doesn't always happen. Mm. And then abortive fashions, you can mm. hear it in the word, those are particularly to ensure abortion of the mm. fetus. They sound like transformers. <laughs> right? <laughs> so wild carrot seed was one. Another one is rutin, otherwise known as vitamin P. It's a plant pigment. It is very also very readily available. You can get the capsules on Amazon. It's R-U-T-I-N, rutin. Uh, what makes rutin work for abortions is that it will increase your body's adrenaline levels. And so everyone's like, am I going to be stressed out? Yes, you probably will. So I think that if you are someone that does not deal with anxiety well, um, rutin probably wouldn't be your best bet, but the reason why it works is because um, when your stress levels, your cortisol adrenaline levels are skyrocketed, then the egg cannot implant right. itself properly. Right. And a little side note for anyone out there who's trying to conceive, this could be a reason why you aren't conceiving if you aren't uh, paying attention to your stress levels. It really does make a difference on what's going on down there. Mm. So my next one is neem oil. This is actually my favorite. Uh, Neem oil has been in studies for the past like 40 years as birth control for men and for women mm. because it has been clinically proven to make men and women anti-fertile temporarily zero side effects and uh, zero, it doesn't change the libido, it doesn't change the sperm production, doesn't alter the hormones in the female or the male. Why are we not using this more widespread? <laughs> the conspiracy theorist within me knows why, but I'm not gonna yeah. go on that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm not gonna go in on that. How do people use the neem? Is it oil? Like yes. It? Yeah, okay. so in India is where it started. Women in India for the past, for like 40 years have been using it just like, they know there's vaginal suppositories that are neem oil and they just put it in there, like my birth control set, yeah. or it's like more of a spermicide yeah. where right as soon as the man ejaculates in them, they just put some sperm, I mean sperm, some, <laughs> some sperm in it, some neem oil uh, gel, some of them, like yes. I think if you look online, you can find ones that are specifically for the vagina, Yeah. but I think if you were to just use neem oil and maybe use a carrier, like diluted with coconut, well not coconut, because sometimes not friendly with the vagina, olive yeah. oil yeah. and neem oil, and then insert it after sex and it will kill the sperm. A study found that 1,000 milliliters of neem oil put on sperm killed it in under five minutes. Wow. Yeah. And with even just a little bit, with half of that, like with 500, or I think they said like 450, it killed it within like 25 minutes. So it's like powerful spermicide, and it's all natural, would not irritate the vagina. And so that's like, yeah. It's, it's great. There was a study done in the 90s where they were doing it with men, and the men were just anti-fertile, but it didn't change anything else. Mm -hmm. And for some reason now, within the past five years, we've been doing these studies on birth control for men, yeah. and you know, all the men are coming out saying, you know, oh, we can't do it because the hormones are just causing way too many side effects. Yeah. And so that's why they don't want to make it available. I'm like, hello, have you seen us? We're also not doing well yeah. on birth control. Yeah, exactly. But y'all don't care about our bodies, so you just put it on out there. Because yeah. you know, birth control, actually one of the biggest studies happened in Puerto Rico, one of the first studies. Yeah. And then 
a few women died. Wow. And then they put birth control on the market. Wow. Wow. That was in the 50s. So, you know, they ain't worried about us. But anyway, <laughs> I'm like, they need to go start giving neem out. So. I have a question. How do men use neem oil? They use it as a spermicide as well. So it's basically to be put inside the women. But neem okay. tablets okay. make them infertile. Oh, okay. So that's what they were doing so with the So they can studies. take the capsules, the tablets, that works pretty much the same as opposed to a vaginal suppository? Absolutely. Wow. I would encourage you to use the spermicide method more than the tablet method. Okay. If, although these studies have shown that the tablets work, but if you are listening and you're thinking of trying that out, go and dive in a little bit further into research about the tablet method, just to make sure you're taking the right amount and whatever that may be um, as far as dosage goes. But the spermicide method is like pretty foolproof. Mm -hmm. They don't want to say 100% because they don't want to ever do that with yeah. natural methods, but many studies have said like 99%. Uh, okay, so neem, there's a lot more information on the video. Oh, neem is also most effective within three days. So like as soon as you think that sperm may be in you, neem it up. <laughs> and, then, and then if you know for a fact that it was in you, I would go up to 10 days of neeming it, neeming it, neeming it, because sperm can live up to 14 days in that vaginal canal. You think, you know, I think about it anymore, but it's still in there trying to make it to the egg fighting. So mm -hmm. like, up to 10 days, and then after that, I just chill out for a little bit. Okay. Almost done, smartweed leaves can be made into an herbal infusion, meaning you boil a quart of water, you put dried smartweed leaves in there, one ounce of them, and you drink that infusion every day after unprotected sex until you have your uh, cycle. Okay. This one is an amenagogue. Smartweed leaves, I'm pretty sure you can, I don't know if you can find tinctures anywhere, but smartweed is pretty like everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I would do it with the dried leaves. And my second to last one is apricot kernels. Uh, those of us who are into the health world know about apricot kernels. They're super high in B vitamins, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer. You can grind those up like coffee and take that in water every single day, three times a day, five to ten kernels. So it's a lot. But you can order them bulk online. I've seen them before. After intercourse until menstruation because the high... Uh, vitamins that are in the high B vitamins that are in apricot kernels are so concentrated that it actually creates such a strong immune response against the fetus that it treats it as a foreign visitor and it kind of fights against the implantation process so uh, that's like a really natural uh, smooth way to go about it because you're just upping your body's defenses so you're probably gonna feel great but then the, the fetus is not really gonna um, and look up, look into it more because apricot kernels is, is sort of a long process. So there's more info to learn about that. And the last one I want to talk about is vitamin C. This is probably one of the most uh, well-known ways to have an abortion at home. Don't get a vitamin C that has like all the extras like with rose hip or with bioflavonoids. Just get a straight ascorbic acid vitamin C and take that every single day, 500 milligrams. And this is what this one's hard because you have to keep your body at an acidic pH. Mm -hmm. And that's why taking so much vitamin C, you're taking 500 milligrams every hour. Wow. And your body, it turns very acidic, and that way the, uh, the egg and the sperm, the fertilized egg, will not survive in that acidic environment. Uh, vitamin C is water soluble, so you can't have a toxic reaction to it. Your body's just gonna keep flushing it out. But that one's hard because then you have to get up in the middle of the night and take it. But I've known many friends that have successfully aborted using the vitamin C method, and there's actually a lot of information online I've seen yeah. talking about it. So 
Yeah, those are my top methods that I have known people personally that have succeeded with every one of these methods. There are many others that you can research online or learn about in my video. Uh, but it's important for us to talk about these natural yes. methods because look at these laws that are passing everywhere yes. where there yes. are going to be a lot of people who don't have access to yes. clinical abortion help. Yes. And so it's up to us to remember what our ancestors were doing and what the earth provides. Yes. And you can successfully do it if you don't have access to it or you don't have the funds to follow through with it. You have a choice. Yes, thank you so much for sharing those. Mm -hmm. like, especially since these laws are going through. Yeah. Um, I think I was on Puerto Rico after my friend's cruise and we were all talking and um, my friend Lizzie was like, yeah, um, even though like these laws are going through and the babies are a really horrible thing, right? It's like, at the I, I, on the flip side, it's like, well, what are the other methods? I feel like a lot more natural holistic methods will come out. Mm -hmm. I think that there will be a lot more women taking um, action to their own hands. I think that there will be a lot more women that I, I don't, in my, the word that are coming out for me is herb circles, but it's mm -hmm. like, hey girl, I'm pregnant. You know anybody that can you know, help me water the earth? You know, I feel like we will actually become a little bit more knowledgeable with the earth because now we're coming to a space that I believe where Yes, uh, these institution things are really helpful, right? But then also coming to a space of how can I do things on my own? Yeah. Who can I go to? You know, the resources that we have. So I think it's kind of upping our knowledge, right? Yes. And so um, thank you so much for sharing the herbs. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for sharing your stories. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to put out your, your uh, any, any websites, any Instagrams? How can they learn more about your qualities if you, if you want the selfish babes listening to you? So let's start with Tierra. <laughs> I am Tierra Burrell. You can find me at all things Tierra Goes Green. That is on YouTube, that's on Facebook, that's on Instagram, and that is on just about every single social media platform, as well as my website is tierragoesgreen.com. Uh, again, my name is Bladia Chapman. You can find me under Earth Mama Medicine. That's the YouTube channel where we have tons of videos of education for you. There is the Instagram Earth Mama Medicine website, Earth Mama Medicine, Twitter, Facebook, all the same thing. Hey y'all, again, I am Diamond Sands. You can find me at The Diamond Sands on Instagram. I'm Diamond Sands on Facebook, and that's what I'm Sorry, can you say it for this camera?
Hey, beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way and you think that it could be impactful to a girl or a woman that you know, definitely send this episode to her. Also, make sure to download our Selfish Babe app to receive self-love inspirational messages throughout your day found in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. You can also head over to our website, SelfishBabe.com, to join the community. Follow at SelfishBabes with an S on Instagram. Or you can also follow me on Instagram at Elsie. I affirm that you have an amazing day. I will connect with you on the next episode. And I love you. Mwah.